Hello, beautiful soul, and welcome to Sharing Sacred Wisdom. I'm your host, Leela, and I hope that wherever, whenever this podcast finds you, that you're simply able to receive a little bit of soul nourishment from the words and vibrations that are shared to you through this message. Today, this is a solo episode, and I wanted to dive in to the mind, body, and soul journey that I've been going on or going deeper into in the last few days regarding my relationship with my body, my relationship with my gut, and my relationship with food. So, to begin with, I'd like to give um, a little bit of a history surrounding my relationship with food and how that could very much be uh, paralleled to a lot of other people's relationship to food. So growing up, I was most obviously um, rewarded with sweets or with junk food, like going to McDonald's or whatever it was. My mom my dad were quite healthy people and still cooked really um, healthy meals but there was still definitely that association of having reward like being rewarded with food that was unhealthy and i really feel that a lot of us experience that i've definitely seen um many examples of other parents or other um friends and things like that 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 have that association that it is a reward to allow yourself or allow your child to indulge in food that is unhealthy so either sweets or fatty foods or yeah processed food just highly processed foods basically and what i noticed for myself is that it very much created this association in my mind to um being rewarded and receiving pleasure and soothing in a sense almost from junk food and over the years as i began to grow up and that that unconscious pattern began to take on a life of its own in a sense i really built up this addiction in a sense to soothing myself and rewarding myself or making myself feel better with food and that took on the likes of being depressed at night and just eating a whole box of cookies or feeling like i had done enough of my essay and rewarding myself with a bag of chips And so all of these little things added up to me just kind of having this relationship, this mental relationship with food, where I felt that I was doing something good by giving myself something that my body was, in a sense, rejecting. And you might ask how it was that I knew that my body was rejecting this, and I'd say, I didn't know for a very, very long time. I have never been the kind of person to put on a lot of weight. 
have actually been quite on the opposite end of that. Um, I lose weight quite easily. And so um, at times I'd even go into an opposite kind of um, like trend, like the opposite of dieting basically, where instead of restricting myself from eating, I'd overeat on purpose. Like I'd, I'd make really big portions because I felt that I was too skinny, that I needed to put on some weight. And so just all around that, I, I kind of built up this relationship with food that was very much more um, anchored into my mind and anchored into my beliefs and anchored into my conditioning instead of anchored into my gut, anchored into my body and its needs. And what that did over time is I developed um, through a very uh, strong addiction to sugar, I developed uh, chronic candida. And of course, I mean, I could, I could dive into this a little bit more. Um, and I feel that it's really important to talk about, especially for women, because a lot of women experience candida. So candida is um, a yeast infection or fungal infection that starts off in the gut and then uh, drops into the womb uh, because the gut and the womb are very, very much interconnected. And these are actually really strong emotional centers as well. And so I know for a fact that for myself, a lot of it was emotional as well. And I mean, it makes perfect sense. Everything is interconnected because my relationship with food was very emotional too. I, I used food and especially sugar in order to make myself feel better um, and to avoid the emotions that were asking to be seen, asking to be felt and asking to be released. And yeah, because I didn't feel that I had um, the conscious tools to address my emotions in a healthy manner, I turned towards food and mostly sugar. So yeah, I developed chronic candida and it wasn't necessarily very inconvenient but it really it strengthened my it really strengthened my sugar addiction because the truth about our gut and our womb even is that and our entire body really is that it is formed of billions and trillions of bacteria our body is a living organism that is filled with a, a, an incredibly diverse biome of bacteria, viruses, parasites, and, like you name it. It's all in there and that's what's helping us break down the food that we eat and transform it into energy, transform it into the proteins that we need to build the cells that we need. Our body is incredibly intelligent and the thing with candida is, is that it is one specific fungi that lives within us and when it overgrows it begins to send messages stronger and stronger messages to our brain tricking it into thinking that it needs and wants sugar or that it needs and wants what will feed it um, what will feed the candida basically so all of these these little parasites and bugs that actually are, are living healthily in our stomach when they begin to overgrow, they begin to send signals 
that are tricking our brain into thinking that it needs what it actually does not need, what it actually should be staying away from if it wants to restore balance. And so I, I really began to notice that this chronic candida because it was impossible to ignore in a sense. Like it would, it would be calm for a while and then it would come back in really strongly. And yeah, I just got, I just got tired of it, but it took me a really long time because for a very long time, I just didn't, I didn't feel I had the willpower to address um, the underlying issues, which were emotional, but also habitual. Like I really, really, really enjoy and love food, but my relationship with food had begun to control me or had been controlling me for a very, very long time. And to transform that relationship, I knew was going to require commitment, consistency, and patience. And um, yeah, it's just a really, really big step to take. But uh, as the new year was coming in, I really settled into the intention my partner and i really settled into the intention that we wanted to give our bodies a break because yeah both him and i have uh quite similar relationships to food and sweets and yeah so we just really wanted to give our bodies a break and for me specifically i very much wanted to kick this sugar addiction and like rebalance out the the my gut biome and rebuild that connection with the intelligence that lies within my gut and so to do that i planned initially on um going into a prolonged fast so my partner decided that he was going to do we both decided that 10 days was about what we wanted to to aim for and um there was the idea of doing watermelon fasts as some some friends of ours had done watermelon fasts before and had really enjoyed the experience um but of course as i kind of began to tune in to that for myself didn't really make sense that in order to kick my sugar addiction and rebalance out my already sugar addicted gut biome that I was going to be eating a very sweet fruit uh, for 10 days only. Uh, So I had to kind of settle back into my options and quite intuitively and through conversation, it felt really right to go for bone broth. So bone broth is really, really, really incredible. It is packed with vitamins, nutrients, minerals, um, just so much goodness. And it is really, really, really powerful when it comes to um, cleansing out toxins and reestablishing, yeah, proper vitamins, um, just really proper nutrients for your immune system, for your joints, for your bones. Um, brain function it's just really all around wonderful Um, but yeah I was still with this idea of and this was still kind of in the future um, as I 
kind of was tuning into this maybe a week before or two weeks before New Year. And I was really stuck with this idea of I'm going to do it for 10 days. I'm going to show myself that I can do this. And I think that this is really important to witness because um, as I kind of broke down what my intentions were for this fast, my intentions were really to, yes, reestablish balance, but as well to reestablish this um, this connection to, um, to my gut. So it wasn't just about breaking the habit of eating sugar, breaking the habit of overeating, um, but it was really, really, really about learning to listen to my body. I remember listening to this beautiful podcast um, on super feast uh i could put the link in the uh in the description if anyone is interested in checking that out super feast is really really incredible when it comes to uh health and uh this specific episode the guest was talking about how our gut is literally a separate brain like if your brain if you were brain dead your gut would still be able to continue to function exactly as it needs to. And um, animals in, in, in the wild are capable of telling which foods are poisonous to them and which aren't, not even by tasting them, but sometimes simply by having them in front of them or by smelling them. And of course, sometimes it takes the gut actually encountering the food from within, but the gut literally is capable of understanding its environment and deciding whether or not that um, external uh, nutrition is actually beneficial to it or not. And so what I really, really, really wanted to regain is that I wanted my relationship with food to drop away from my ego and back down to my gut back to where it belonged and what I noticed about this idea that I was going to do a 10-day fast and that I was gonna power through it is that it was very much based around this idea of wanting to have um, to regain my willpower but it completely ignored the idea that I was going to be listening to my gut because I was already setting this egoic, um, rigid timeline where that was going to be it and that's how it had to be. I got accidentally briefly interrupted. Um, so to just dive back into uh, what we were talking about, I finally let go of this egoic attachment that I had to powering through for 10 days and finally came back to a truth that felt good and right to me, which was um, really just flowing with however the fast went from day to day, from moment to moment, and just listening to, listening to the signs that my body was giving me, the messages that my body would be giving me, um, and to begin breaking the fast whenever that felt right. And um, I also, thankfully, um, from speaking my truth and sharing with a dear friend of mine that I was experiencing this imbalance uh, with Candida and had really, really struggled to kick it, 
because um, this is something I didn't mention before, but actually um, with Candida, for a very long time, I went to doctors continuously looking for medication, looking for natural remedies, pretty much anything that I could think of that would help me uh, with Candida, but I mostly went to doctors and they continuously prescribed me medication, although I was telling them that it wasn't working. And what that medication actually does, what those antibiotics actually do, is they strip down the, the gut biome, basically. They, they, they not only, so basically their point is to kill candida, but while doing that, they also most, most often than not, kill everything else along with it. And it is so important to have a colony of bacteria in our gut because that is what breaks down our food. That's what allows us to absorb nutrients. That's what um, maintains the balance within our bodies. And so I had a gut that was stripped out and this was also the point of fasting was that I was going to be able to release whatever chemicals or toxins that had accumulated over time. I was going to be able to um, re uh, reestablish um, and reinsert some some nutrients and uh, I also wanted to be able to work more proactively with the candida itself more hands-on and my friend recommended me uh, this beautiful plant medicine uh, based syrup <laughs> that is called candaplex and Candaplex is this uh, South American and Western plant medicine concoction that tastes quite awful. Actually, it's not that bad. It, it kind of tastes like whiskey a little bit, like very herbally whiskey. Um, but basically, take it three times a day, two to one to three times a day, uh, and it basically just works with your system in order and works with the plants in order to uh, reinstate balance uh, with fungal infections. And so come the 1st of January, I began with a simple water fast for the first uh, part of the day. Well, throughout most of the day, actually. Uh, just cleansing out my body, giving it a rest because I had eaten like a queen i had feasted the week before that as i'm sure many um people have over christmas and new year um but yeah and i began with the candaplex and i felt really good it felt really re really right to be water fasting but i remember right away right that morning because i was camping with some friends um they all began cooking up a storm uh, for like a late breakfast. And right away, this voice inside my head was like, oh, you know what? You could just begin your fast later. You could just begin tomorrow. And I almost gave in. I almost gave in. But then I really remembered and grounded myself back into why it was that I was doing this and what my intentions were. And my intentions were 
to strengthen my willpower, to regain my connection to my gut, and to cleanse my body and reinstate balance. And I asked myself if giving into this voice in my head that just wanted that, that tastiness, that just wanted to be part of the experience of sharing breakfast with my friends, if that was really going to benefit me in the fulfilling of those three intentions. And the answer was no. It was so very clearly no. And I could say that I did it all on my own, but honestly, um, me genuinely avoiding that breakfast and sticking to my water fast was definitely thanks to my partner because he didn't give in. <laughs> and so having that example with me, having that, that, that mirror of accountability was really, really positive. Um, and so, yeah, I began, began the fast, had bone broth for the first time that night. And uh, yeah, the next morning, I actually woke up and I felt very weak. My body felt extremely tired and quite anxious, honestly. And um, I began to journal just because I really wanted to kind of have like a documentation of how the fast was progressing and what it was that I was feeling into. And that morning, what came up for me was really the foundation of my relationship with food and how it had been based around this sensation of pleasure that would help me avoid the more uncomfortable emotions that like that were inhabiting me and so i went back and i found this one th these couple of sentences that for me really really hit home and probably do for a lot of people and it's that food has been a great distraction for me all my life adding another layer of density to cover up the emotions i didn't want to face well now, as that veil gets thinner and that distraction dissolves, here it all is, ready to be acknowledged. For me, that was really important that I was capable of witnessing and feeling that anxiety that had been most likely dormant for a very, very, very long time because for as long as I can remember, I've kind of quieted that voice down with food. And all of a sudden, there was no food. There was no food to eat. There was just water, and water was not doing it. <laughs> um, and so it was quite difficult to allow the space and time for those emotions to arise. And the other great difficulty of it was that I, I, beca I became very irritable and sensitive um, as I was releasing a lot and it felt as though my environment was very um, triggering and it was very hard to not project my frustration onto the people around me um, and mostly my partner since he was uh, the one who was closest to me at that point. And so it really took a lot of self-reflection, self-acceptance and kindness and communication not only with myself, but with the people around me, with my partner, just, just to minimize 
the, the collateral damage, if you'd like. Um, and to really, really allow myself to make the most out of what was coming up to the surface. And being able, so I really, really recommend um, having some time off if you do choose to fast for longer periods of time because I really do think that for a lot of people a common theme is that emotions do arise and that seems to be only natural in a way so um, so yeah really give yourself the time if you are thinking of going on a journey like that I really felt that I needed that time to go back into my own self-practice of yoga, of meditation, of journaling, and yeah, just so that, yeah, just so that you don't project too much outwards the way that I did quite a few times. Um, and bringing back in that self-love was really, really, really important. I also asked myself a few times if this feeling of weakness, of actual physical weakness, was a sign that I should be breaking my fast. But it felt more and more that my connection to my gut was becoming clearer and clearer. And it was like every time I asked a question, like whether or not I could have this cup of tea, I would get an immediate answer. So it'd be like, no, you can't have that. Or can I have a cup of cacao before I do yin. Yes, you can have that. Oh, okay, wow, nice. Um, should I break my fast? No. And so this, this real immediate clear response was beginning to come from a place that went deeper. And so this is what I wrote on my second day of fasting. Um, as I began to realize these things and it's that the messages that my body delivers to me are loud and clear rest and find your balance when asking a question the answers appear in an instant and come from a deeper from a deeper place within deeper than the opinionated and desiring mind so I was tested quite a lot honestly on this fast as I visited some friends um, in a house filled with um, Christmas treats and New Year's treats. Um, a lot of them sweet. A lot of them I would have devoured just a week before. <laughs> um, but really staying strong in the fact that this was just a voice in my head that was telling me that I wanted these things. And that it was most likely being triggered by the things that just wanted to be fed sugar. And that if I wanted to restore that balance, I needed to listen to my gut's intelligence. I needed to listen to my intuition, to the voice that, that came from beyond the voice that tries to speak louder than any other. And yeah, what I was... Uh, what I was beginning to remember, so I've got a little list here and I can share that with you guys. Um, what I was beginning to remember is to that how important it is to drink lots of water, to eat consciously and stop before you feel full, that carbs and sugars are only good in moderation, that all that is green is good, 
It is always important to listen to your gut, to not eat past 7 p.m., to be sure to move every single day, to be present in all that you do, and to know that you know what is good for you. And so of course, this varies from individual to individual. I would never say that I have the perfect recipe for a fast for everyone because literally everybody is different. Not everybody is different and everybody is different. So everyone's needs will be different. My partner really thrived on a watermelon fast. He was feeling incredibly mentally clear. His body felt good and energized. Um, and he had a completely different experience than I did. Um, but it was really important for me to recognize that I knew what was right for me. And if ever you were thinking about going into a fast, you know what is right for you. There is no point in trying to follow a specific kind of formula. Really just tune in. Like if, if, if there's any way for me to put this in a way that could be clear, is that if you just take a few breaths, quiet down the mind, and ask a question, you'll often recognize that the answers are layered, that there is not just necessarily, or at least for myself, there's not always just one clear answer. But it's often layered because we are multifaceted beings and with almost like multiple personalities in a sense. And it's just really important to recognize which voices it is that we want to feed into, which ones we want to listen to. And for me, it feels like it comes from literally, like spaciously, it comes from my gut. And I feel that if ever... I hear something coming from my mind, but that there's kind of like that just even just a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of hesitation. That for me is a clear sign that that is a no. It's just either some conditioning or beliefs or whatever it is. There's a desire, you know, to to follow that voice. And if you just have that tiny little bit of space where that doesn't feel entirely true, then it's because it's not true. And um, yeah, I think that that's the best way to go about fasting because um, three days into my fast, I began to start feeling that because it was it was demanding a lot of effort for me to even just stand up like I couldn't really I couldn't really do yoga, couldn't really go for walks even. It was hard for me to um, maintain conversations. My body was just really struggling as it didn't feel like it was um, being provided with enough substance or sustenance, sorry. And yeah, it, it started becoming very clear to me three days into the fast that it was time for me to begin to bring in a little bit more food. And so what they recommend with fasting is that you should definitely um, you should definitely take your time reintegrating uh, solid food back into your diet. Because if you fast for three days and then have a huge meal, you will most certainly overload your system and send it into shock, which could then create even more toxins and would just um, ruin basically all of the progress that you made in that time. So I really 
I really just tuned into my gut. It told me like, yes, it definitely is time to break the fast. All right, what is it that I need? Really just having this internal conversation in a sense with my gut. And it told me very clearly like greens. So just like um, what came to me initially was um, like some kind of spinach, like a leafy, like leafy irony green and um, zucchini. And luckily, uh, I was living with uh, some people that have a beautiful permaculture garden with so much abundance, and they had exactly that zucchini and um, this beautiful red chard. So I also felt that I needed a bit more protein, a bit more, yeah, sustenance. And so I included an egg as well. But what I did is that I cooked up a big, big batch of broth. I divided the egg out into um, into the whole batch of broth and same with the zucchini and the, the chard and just allowed it to simmer all together for a long time so that all of the nutrients would kind of dissolve into the broth and that the, the solidity of the food would kind of be, bro- be broken down. And so that, that wasn't too hard on my stomach and I began began drinking um, drinking and eating that broth a little bit more frequently as well and I felt that my energy levels began to go up again and that felt really 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 nice because I still felt that I was still very in tune with what it was that I needed although I was still surrounded by opportunities to buy snacks or um, go to a restaurant as I was traveling with my partner just visiting these little uh, beautiful towns out here in Australia and um, yeah so the opportunity was there but I really 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 felt that my body knew what it needed and that I was the custodian of my body and that I had the responsibility to to take care of it to really really take care of it um, and so that was really wonderful and um, the emotional release with um, the rebalancing as well of candida was quite strong and started to settle back down and I definitely noticed that um, that this fast was not going to be an all-around cure to Uh, this imbalance in candida or the strengthening of my gut or my relationship with my gut or even this emotional release but I really 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 felt that it was a powerful doorway into a journey that was going to continue beyond um, that that framework of fasting and yeah it was really incredible to as well um, with the candaplex to pair the taking in of the candaplex with meditation and conversations with candida and kind of asking it why why it was there what it was that it needed and if it was willing to work with me and work with the rest of um, its environment in order to reestablish equilibrium and balance and um, yeah that for me felt really positive in just building a really much more um, cooperative relationship between 
me, my body, and the living ecosystem within me. Um, and yeah, I finally fully broke my fast. Um, I felt uh, I, I was gonna do my Reiki level two course a few days ago. And I really felt that I needed a bit more energy to sustain me throughout that day because it is quite full on. Um, finally broke my fast with uh, some nuts, a few nuts the day before. Uh, and a powerful, um, a powerful fermented meal. So I found this wonderful cafe in Morwulimba in New South Wales, Australia called Kombucha Cafe. And it was quite incredible because I was about to go to this other little cafe on the other side of the street, but it was just like jam packed with like croissants and like all of these other like pastries and coffees and, and sweet drinks. And it just, yeah, of course did not sit right. And just as they turned around, there was the kombucha cafe. And I swear to you guys, like if you, if you know anything about fermented food, it is probably the best thing you could ever do for your gut because fermented foods basically just hold an entire living culture of bacteria in those foods and then that bacteria is then brought to your gut and just brings back to life your gut's ability to process food so even pairing um, fermented foods with foods that are maybe a bit harder to digest is incredible really really powerful tool and as I began to talk to the woman that was um, at the counter the owner of the coffee shop she I I very honestly told her the situation that I was in that I was breaking a fast that I had um, this chronic candida that I was um, uh, re-establishing you know that I was um, trying to bring back into balance and so that I was avoiding all carbs she told me that she has she had been struggling and she still is struggling um, with chronic candida and she has been for for a decade and that that's what started her journey with fermented food and so it was really 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 powerful for me to listen to her and to listen to some of her her advice on um, what fruits and veggies are good to eventually have so she she was telling me for anyone who is struggling with candida i will definitely i definitely feel that it's um powerful to share these tips so the number one thing is definitely avoid all processed sugar and even natural sugars so natural sugars include honey maple syrup all kinds of natural syrups fruits um even like sweet veggies such as pumpkin, sweet potato, and really uh, carb-rich foods such as pasta, rice, um, potatoes, um, bread, so oats even. So all of these things that are rich in carbs and sugars, really, really, really be strict with yourself and stay away from it. If you do have chronic candida, stay away from it for at least a month or two. And as um, as you feel yourself getting better after a couple of months, you can begin bringing in things that are either fermented, such as kombucha, 
or uh, sourdough bread um, uh, and slowly bring in fruits that are not too sweet such as um, green apples, kiwis, um, there's a few others, oh berries, berries are quite nice as well but especially blueberries. Um, but yeah, really, really try to stay away from anything that is carb heavy. And the other thing is, is that sauerkraut and fermented foods are your best friend um, because of their ability to bring in really healthy bacteria, which are then going to kind of fight off the candida in a sense, because a candida overgrowth means that candida has taken up too much space in your gut, too much space in your womb, and now needs like needs a little bit of competition basically some healthy competition to kind of put it back in its place put it back into balance so fermented foods really are your best friend so really recommend either buying sauerkraut or trying to make your own sauerkraut it's really 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 easy and beautiful and delicious um, there's also kimchi um, you can pretty much ferment just about anything really so really if you look into that it's awesome the other things that you should really avoid are coffee um citrus um it, like all of these like quite acidic foods as well because uh, candida thrives in a very acidic environment um uh, but yeah also feel it out through your body really feel into what it is that your gut knows knows that it needs knows that it wants um, because it quite is different for everyone and it's really really worth establishing that relationship it's so cool when you when you really begin to hear that and and know that and of course it's a completely different thing to act upon it um, but there's so such a great sense of reward that comes through really really living in that truth living in your guts truth you know and really being the custodian of your body and understanding the value of nurturing it and caring for it in a way that is in its own benefit and in your benefit as well um, but yeah, I also really just wanted to talk a little bit about slipping up because of course with any kind of candida diet or with fasting or with re-establishing uh, a positive relationship with your body or with food it is quite normal to slip up so for myself, I've re-entered into a bit more of a normal eating pattern, but I've definitely noticed that I've slipped back into eating more than what I need, more than more than what my body needs. And so it's been it's been a little bit tricky, but I really, really recommend being kind and compassionate to yourself, being understanding and coming back to a space of acceptance of accepting that it's okay that you overate or it's okay that you ate something that you knew wasn't right for you but that you really really make that promise to yourself that you will continue to try your best because this is truly in your best interest in every sense of the word and yeah I'm sure I mean I'm not there yet but I'm sure it gets easier and easier as time goes 
Um, I'm still very early on in my no sugar journey. It's been quite hard. My mom sent me some some really nice treats for Christmas over from Canada and it's really hard because I can't eat them. But I I get to wait, you know, and I'm going to enjoy it so much more when I can have it in moderation down the line when it won't just be out of impulse and out of desire, you know, that it will really just be out of pure appreciation for the love that was put into those beautiful cookies that she made and the tasty chocolate she sent over. And yeah, it can be can be the same for you if that's a journey that you're feeling you need to embark on or would be curious about embarking on. Um, yeah, I just, I really, really highly, highly, highly recommend it for anyone, really, because I think we could all really benefit from having a better relationship with food, having a more conscious and mindful relationship with our body and recognizing the intelligence that lies within us, you know? It's so cool when you realize that your body is intelligent beyond what your mind can even conceive. <sighs> yeah, so that's, that's pretty much my fasting journey. And uh, I could give a little bit of an update eventually on uh, the Candida journey, if that's something anyone would be interested in. Um, but yeah, I'd be, I, I'd be really, really interested if anyone feels like sharing or connecting um, and yeah, sharing their fasting journey or sharing their relationship with food or if they're struggling with candida, if they're looking for, if they have any tips or advice or if they would like some tips or advice, some pointers. I'm just, yeah, I'm just always curious to see where other people are at on their own personal mind, body, and soul journey. And so please, please, please always feel free to connect through, um, through Instagram, uh, at sharing sacred wisdom. Uh, my name is Lila. I'm the host of sharing sacred wisdom and thank you so, so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to this. And I hope you've been able to, yeah, gain some wisdom from it. I'll see you next time. Have a great one.